Hey, good morning, Purpose Claremont. Hope you're having a good morning so far. It's uh, Thursday, uh, so I hope you've had a good week so far. Hey, just want to share something that came from today's reading out of Malachi. Um, we were, I think we we're in chapters one and two today. Um, but yeah, I just want to share um, encouragement or conviction, whatever's right and needed for today for you and for me. Uh, but just wanted to share what stood out. Um, what I felt like the Lord was reminding me personally of and see if it's what he's reminding you of as well. So let's pray and then we'll jump into it. <clears throat> Jesus, we give you thanks for uh, another uh, another day uh, to live the life that you gave for us to live. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would help us to live it um, in a manner that's worthy of Jesus and pleasing to God and we want, to, we want to experience the life that's different, that causes people to be uh, blown away, that causes people to question why, what's different about us. And so I pray that you would uh, lead this time as we spend time in your word in order that we would grow in godliness, uh, that we'd grow in character, we'd help us have more faith, uh, and Holy Spirit, help us to experience more of you. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, so we're in Malachi uh, chapter 1 and 2, but uh, before that, I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 first, and there's a passage here, verses 7 through 10, that is that are my uh, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and I've gone to it so many times throughout my life and walk with Christ, and I feel like he's brought me to it so often in just some needed times. So let me just read it. So I say, he says he says this. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I've, I've gone to this verse so many times, or these verses so many times. But I want to focus in on chapter 12, verse 9, uh, and then switch over to Malachi. And just maybe it's a challenge for us today. Where he says this, but he said, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And here's the part, and I believe that. I believe all of it. When we read it in its context and we apply it appropriately based upon what God wanted us to do with it, um, it's beautiful and it's powerful that when I'm just feeling like I, like I can't handle what I'm going through and I just need his help and I'm doing everything that I can, but I've even asked him to intervene, but I, he he doesn't stop it, which means he's wanting me to continue with it. And then he says, what my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We can hold on to that. We don't stop holding on to that. We keep that so close to us. However, what I feel like happens is a lot of times when we read that verse, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So where I'm lacking, God provides. I believe that. But what I think happens sometimes is we misuse that verse to mean this. Well, God's grace is sufficient. And so I'm, I can't give him everything or, you know, he, he'll take whatever it is that I want to give him. He's satisfied with whatever I, whatever I can give. Now, here's the thing. When, it, when the what you give is your best, absolutely. When it's our leftovers, like when we look at our time or 
our money or any other resources. It's like who we are. If we just kind of give them the leftover, let's just take time. We give them the leftovers of our time. Um, it's weird. We actually think that that's a sacrifice, but I'm really beginning to believe, not beginning, I really do believe that a sacrifice that costs me nothing is no sacrifice. And so there's, you'll see over and over throughout the law, especially in Leviticus, about the sacrifices that need to be presented before God are, blem are, are they're without blemish, um, they're perfect. And those actually point to Jesus coming. But there's still this idea that I believe that God has where it's like he's worthy of our best. And our sacrifices to him and our offerings that we present to him should be our best and not our leftovers. And so in Malachi chapter 1, starting verse 6, he says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? Now watch this. By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you, now watch, when you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those who are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? You now, and I'm sorry, and now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. Now, here's, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, hey, you've got to present the sacrifices in order to be forgiven. That was Jesus. But if we're going to call ourselves followers of Christ and we really understand who God is and how amazing he is, then offering him our best, it goes along with when Jesus says, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. When we look at Colossians chapter one, it talks about the fact that Jesus is to be preeminent. That means he's supposed to be superior to everything. And so even in Colossians three, so that's Colossians one in Colossians three, everything I do or say or think I'm supposed to do it all in a manner worthy of Jesus, do it all in the name of Jesus. When Jesus is, um, he's approached by, we always call him the rich young ruler. And that man says, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes through the, some of the commandments and he goes, I've kept all those since I was young. And Jesus says, okay, you lack one thing. Go sell everything you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. And he gives him this standard, which is pretty much him saying, I want everything. I want you to give up everything for me. And it said that the man, he, he went away sorrowful because he was a man of great wealth. And in that passage, it does not say that Jesus then ran up to him and said, okay, never mind. That was too much. And then just kind of lessened the requirement of discipleship, lessened the requirement of what a disciple is supposed to do and be. But he actually let him walk away. I feel like what happens is that that we, we as followers of Jesus, we can take advantage of God's grace at times and then just approach him half-heartedly um, or we don't even really approach him at all unless we need something. And really the purpose of grace is to give us what we need in order to live the life that God wants us to experience. It's a gift. He wants us to live life and our salvation is a result of grace. But I'm supposed to constantly rely upon this gospel, which is the power of God. And so our sacrifices, even the passage that comes to my mind when, I, when I'm 
talking right now is Romans chapter 12. And if you've been brought up in the church, you know this. If you if you read the scriptures, this is like one of those key passages. But he says, I appeal, this is verse one, but I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now watch the words, holy and acceptable to God. Why? Well, it, which is your spiritual worship. Now, two words, holy and acceptable. Acceptable means this. There, there, there is an ability that I have to present myself to God in a manner that is not acceptable to him. Now, this isn't talking about salvation. This is just, well, because of who God is and what he's done, I want to present my, my body, my, my person, who I am, presenting my body as a living sacrifice. And that sacrifice of myself is to be holy. That's the work that Christ does. And acceptable, that that's part of what I do, that I present my, myself to God in a manner worthy of his greatness. And so I just want to remind us and challenge us, and this is myself included, God deserves so much more than the leftovers. That if all we give him are the leftovers, guys, that's not sacrifice. That's not an offering that's acceptable to God. We want to give him what he's worth, and he is worth everything. And so with our time, we come back to our time. We want to give them the first parts, the best parts. When I say first parts, a lot of people go, okay, so right in the morning. No, I'm going to say the best parts of your day. So for those of you that are night owls, that's your best time. You sacrifice time to give to him. And I promise you this, when you sacrifice time to spend time with the Lord and you get alone with him, he will take you deeper than you ever thought. He will bless that sacrifice. He will, he will, he will increase your desire for more time with him. But friends, this, uh, this, well, it's all by grace and God doesn't care thing. I don't know that that's actually true. In fact, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to step out on a limb here. That's not acceptable. Worship, worship is to be done in a manner that is worthy of Jesus and in a, and in a fashion or in a manner that is acceptable to him. We don't get to define what that is. We spend time in the word. We spend time with him in prayer we spend time with him in silence and solitude so that he can teach us, hey, th these are the things that are acceptable to me. This is the life that I actually want you to live that's acceptable to me, that it has nothing to do with, well, this is all I have time for. This is what I think he'll be fine with this. It's no, God, what do you see as acceptable worship? Because I want to worship you in a manner that is worthy of you. And so that's just what stood out to me. Pray it's an encouragement. Pray, pray it's a blessing if it's conviction. Me too. I was reminded this morning, God always deserves our best. So guys, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Love you guys more than you know, and we'll, we'll talk to you later.